Thanks for joining us for the Long Island Sound Podcast. Each week we explore new music and dive deeper with the artists and their stories behind the music. Please subscribe and rate and review us wherever you stream this podcast. Here's your host, Steve Yusko. I am so stoked about today's guest, and you're going to be stoked too because there's so much information that's passed on. I have the producer of the largest music festival here on Long Island, the Great South Bay Music Festival. And Jim Faith joins me today. And let me tell you, we really had an in-depth conversation about the challenges of putting together such a festival. He's done it over the past 15 years, and he's done some great, unique things taking some big name acts, anchor acts, and mixing them with the local wellspring of talent here on Long Island. So, James Faith is the founding member of the Long Island Music and Entertainment Hall of Fame. He has produced concerts all over the island, as well as New York City, the Port Jefferson Village. Uh, he's booking entertainment and producing shows for the past 30 years with names like Tony Bennett, Alice Cooper, The Beach Boys, Berta Flack, The Flectones, Dave Brubrecht, Cheap Trick, B.B. King, Dr. John, Mountain, Hatuna, Pat Benatar, The Grateful Dead's Mickey Hart, and so many, so many more people. It's been a really great pleasure to have this conversation, and let's get right to it. I tell you, I am so excited about my guest today. He is probably the big producer of music and proponent of Long Island music that we have here on Long Island. I want to welcome James Faith to the Long Island Sound Podcast. James, so great to have you here. Really appreciate you being here. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Yeah. So as I was going, I'm going to give a little hint to your bio to uh, those who don't know you. You're one of the co-founders of the Long Island Music Hall of Fame. That's where I met you very briefly at the grand opening uh, this past fall. And for those who don't know, uh, the Long Island Music and Entertainment Hall of Fame is a great place to stop and learn the history of the great talent and wellspring of talent that we have here on Long Island. James has produced these uh, biannual galas over, I guess, about 15 years, right, James? I've produced all of them. Yeah, there's seven of them. You've, you've got the chops to, to pull this crazy world together as far as festivals and musicians, so... Um, uh, I hope you can give us some good insights into things. But we're here to talk about the Great South Bay Music Festival, which is the it's probably the biggest festival on Long Island, wouldn't you it say? It is the biggest uh, on Long Island, yes. So what's great about it, and I've been to a number of them, it's a great blend of artists, well-known artists, and local talent here on Long Island. And as I was going, it's a four-day festival. It starts on Thursday, the 20th of Jul uh, July through the 23rd. And I was looking at the way you piece this together as far as grouping of genres, and I thought it was well put together. But that must have been a, a difficult task to kind of chop it up and pair people up, per se. Yeah, I think, I think what we realized a few years ago is that um – one genre wasn't going to work. One market wasn't going to work over four days or three or four days. So we really needed it because when we when we first started in 2007, uh, it was more of a blues rock festival. Um, Foghat mm -hmm. was our Foghat and Richie Havens were our first headliner, and uh, wow. you know so Great. we started off um, 
it was a lot smaller and um and it was two days um as we grew and, and we started to um to add days we just realized that um we needed to uh uh, there were a lot of people on Long Island that weren't being served, certain kind of music. Um, mm-hmm. So we started to uh, expand. And um, now we're at a place where the Friday nights are typically a reggae rock party uh, on the bay. Um, we've had Sublime and, and 311 and um, uh, Dirty Heads back. Um, and and it just works. It just works as a whole you know that's a whole market that that is just a it's a it's a great market great music i love 311 and, and those bands and um so um we tried thursday nights uh to skew a little bit younger um and um we did that for a few years and it, we just weren't drawing uh, the people weren't coming i mean the people that came were really excited about the bands that we had and um uh but it just um i and i think that's partly because Long Island is more of a bedroom community and um, not as many young people say as the Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan um, areas. And um, you know, that the urban thing is a lot different. And um, again, you know, you move out from the city, you move out to Long Island, you buy a house and uh, raise your family. And um, so there's a lot less younger people, I think. And, uh, so it just wasn't as easy, and we really wanted to do that. We wanted to skew younger, but uh, just wasn't weren't able to do it. So uh, this year we went back uh, with Hot Tuna, Electric Hot Tuna. Uh, they had called us and asked us uh, if they could do their final uh, electric performance on Long Island because their Jack is retiring and uh, uh, next year and. Um, so and they love the festival they've been to the festival like three times and uh they wanted to do it there so that'll this will be the last time i'm around if you'll love to see the electric band well yeah I, I saw them open up for uh tedeschi trucks last at the beacon uh last october uh and they did an acoustic set and it was it was they're great they're just great guys what i what i liked and what i learned through my podcast is uh, I tended to go to my generation of music and it was getting, you know, I love the seventies. I like Neil Young, but I'm at that age where I was like, you know what? I want things to be fresh. And my eyes were opened up on long Island. And a lot of it, I'll give credit to my daughter to say, Hey, you gotta, you know, Hey, I'm not in the clubs at, at 11 o'clock at night. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. But I got introduced to so many great bands and artists from all genres, from ska and hip hop, uh, to, you know, folk, folk acts and what have you. And what I liked, and this is just my assessment, take it for what it's worth. I see as, you know, the Thursday lineup is kind of a classic lineup, you know, a blues lineup going into it. And then when you get into Friday, I called it Living Up Friday because all the bands that you have in there, Dirty Heads, um, uh, OG Wawa, Goldfinger, Badfish, they've got that reggae, hip-hop, that funk, that ska um, party music, which is great. So I think you, I, I know you're going to get a good crowd, uh, from that on a Friday night. Uh, and then I looked at Saturday, you got Phil Lesh on Saturday and friends and bad shrimp and, uh, Phil fire talk trio was actually one of my guests, uh, and circus mind. So it's kind of like a, a chill day, <laughs> I would say, you know, some good chilling music, you know, and then you round it back up on Sunday, you know, bringing back the blues and classic rock and stuff like that. So I see it as a good, 
I'm not trying to blow smoke up your skirt. Not that you're wearing a skirt, I but I see the good. Uh, you are. Okay, great. Um, just don't stand up. Uh, I, <laughs> I could see the bookends of historic um, music festival sandwiched in between uh, what I think is going to be a pretty diverse crowd over the weekend. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that was your intention, but that's the way it looks. It like is. You me. know, we, we've always intended to be kind of like the church of, of, you know, of music and on Long Island because, you know, how often can you see, you know, you listen to the radio stations and how, how many times can you hear, you know, certain songs that you continually hear, you know, all on a radio right. station, I won't bring up the song, but you know, so, um, you know, we've brought in, you know, bands like Carolina Chocolate Drops and Soul Live and, uh, you know, Odetta was our, you know, we were so proud to bring in Odetta, you know, and then she passed away just a few uh, months later. Um, so, wow. you know, we, I, I listen to everything. You know, there's times that I need um, Bill Evans, you know, who I love, and there are times I need a soaring guitar solo, you know, and, and. So, you know, I need ACDC or I need uh, Joe Satriani and uh, Tedeschi Trucks. So, um, you know, it's just it's me. I just listen to everything. And, and I'm really proud that or glad. And you, you mentioned your daughter. And I have two daughters and, mm -hmm. and they've helped me, especially my younger daughter uh, has helped me um, with, um, you know, she's got great taste in music and she just keeps laying this great stuff on me. And uh, but I have a younger person that works here, uh, Ryan, who's also a partner in another, you know, uh, in some other things that we do. And he's 30, you know, and he turned turns me on. He was booking a lot of Thursday night bands like group this year mm -hmm. is touring with Pink. But nobody came last year. Oh, when wow. We have, them, you know, which is frustrating. You know, it's a, tw you know, it's a 15 to 25 year old audience and nobody came. Um, and um, so, you know, again, it goes back to that there's just not enough of the younger people out here. So, um, yeah, we try to mix it up and, um, I, I've never stopped, uh, wanting new music. And I, I feel bad because there's a lot of my friends who I feel just kind of got stuck at a certain point. They just don't want to hear new music anymore. They just want to hear classic rock. Right. They just want to hear. And, um, and I'm still, you know, bands like snarky puppy and, you know, uh, just, there's so many bands out there that are so great. You know, if your mind is open to it, if you like the Ullman Brothers, you know, you'll like Dwayne Betts or even, you know, or Taz. Or, you know, you'll right. like there's a lot of new music that's killer out there. You know, what's key about what I see that you're doing. And I really love this. The fact that you're taking these big acts and you're interspersing these other stages in to, to give the platform for, you know, people like Cassandra House and and all these different bands, uh, you know, I mean. I, I was talking to Cassandra at another venue, and she, man, she was so proud. She goes, "Yeah, I'm on a, I'm on, I'm on a big stage." And she and belongs like, there, you know, and she does belong there, absolutely. And and that's the struggle I think artists have. I mean, you've been doing this for thirty years, so you've really seen uh, the change over the years. And I'd like to talk about that for a minute in a, in a different light. But you've seen so many changes, and just my opinion. And I'm just a regular guy from Levittown, you know. Uh, who looks at this and I've been to concerts where big, there were big record labels supporting artists. Now the up and comings, they're only making it by playing festivals and gigging out a lot and maybe selling merch, you know? Uh, and that's, that's a way, a way to survive. But you touched on one other thing I think is pretty cool 
is being open to uh, a scout out there that's going to say, hey, you got to listen to, you got to listen to this. You got to listen to that. I do a lot on social media. I ran, uh, not to name drop, but I ran into a band that I would never have seen out um, called uh, Nonstop to Cairo. Okay. Great band, right? Um, and they reminded me of Aqua Cherry, another, another great band. Again, not something my, my friends and I would go out to. I did see Aqua Cherry out, and it's just like I didn't need coffee for three days. It was it was just great. It was just so, it's just uh, you know, Bob Marley. It just it had everything in it, and you know they're really working off the roots of what came before, and putting their own uh, creativity on top of it, and taking us to a new direction. And that's, you know, I always say that, let the music take you on a journey. A lot of crossover now, which is really great. You know, I mean, just, I mean, yeah. look at, look at country music I mean, country music. You can't even recognize anymore. You know, it's, um, but yeah, you know, getting back to Cassie, you know, and that, I mean, that's done on purpose. You know, there are certain people that I put on the main stage and let me tell you, the main stage costs me a lot of money because it's a union stage. So, Okay, gotcha. At some point, I stopped putting local bands on the on that stage because we were paying these guys, you know, 10, 15 union guys on stage to move around, you know, a local band's equipment, right. which, you know, made no sense. But then I started to, you know, um, a big part of my whole life is, uh, you know, the Long Island Music Hall of Fame and some other things is, is that I want to nurture the, the young talent that we have on Long Island and putting them Right in the, you know, because all the managers are there and all the agents are there. You know, last year, Tedeschi Trucks manager was there. There's there's a, a, a logic to the way I use the band shell right across the main stage while, you know, right before somebody's going to play on the, you know, main stage. And and that's what we've done. I, I think um, uh, Firetop, Phil, is going to be on the, on the band shell opposite somebody. And then there's, uh, you know, uh, Robinson Treacher, who's a monster, beautiful songwriter, and he's just so good. And he spends half his life in in New Orleans and half on the island. Nice. So he, um, it's done on purpose. Cassie, I put on the stage on purpose because she should be in front of Phil Lesh's people and backstage with them. She'll have the perfect opportunity. You know, same thing with Kerry. You know, Kerry doesn't need so much help because most of the the bigger artists know. And him. And, and you're talking about just so our audience knows, Kerry uh, Kerry Carney. Kerry Carney. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's, he's toured with the Allman Brothers. He's toured with you know a lot of people, so they know mm-hmm. him. You know, I had him at the time at, at Bald Hill when I was running Bald Hill, and we I was backstage with Leslie West and and Warren Haynes, mm-hmm. who I had on the bill tonight, and they they heard Kerry shredding. You know, he was supporting them. And they and uh, Leslie just went, who the you know <laughs> is that? <laughs> right. And they ran down the hill, you know, the the hill to the front of the stage, and and Warren just went, oh, it's Carrie Figures, <laughs> you know. It's, uh, they know him, you know. Everybody, they all kind of know him, and he's and he's you know he's a pro. Carrie. Oh, absolutely, and, absolutely um, great storyteller too. But that's yeah, and that but that's that's it's really a, a logic, you know, that of putting people in the band show or on the main stage around certain other people because I want them to see them, right? You know, and uh, and I'm hoping uh, Taz used to play the band show. When he was twelve, really, you know, and he said to me, you know, "Someday I'm going to be on that stage." And, and sure enough, you know, the last two, you know, two go rounds, he's been on that main stage. He's, he's been he's been pretty amazing. Hey, let's let's do this, James. Let's just take a quick break, and we come back. I really want to understand 
how you grew from a relatively small festival to a four-day festival now and some of the challenges that people may not be aware of that you face. So hang with us, everybody. We're James Faith. He is the ultimate producer of music here on Long Island, and we're going to talk more about the great South Bay Music Festival. Stick with us. At the Long Island Sound, we're much more than a podcast. We're building a community. Please go to gigdestiny.com. Check out all our social media links. Subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. Please comment. Call the listener line. Tell us what you think, what questions we should ask, who we should have on the show. And most of all, we thank you for your generous support. And remember, support the artists who are guests on the show. Now back to the podcast. So tell me, you've been doing this for 30 years. You've grown from a smaller festival. How did you get into the festival aspect? And what's different from the first days in 2007 when you did this to now, as far as how it's grown, the complications, you know, what's, what, are the, what are the tough things to tackle as a producer of a festival? What, what a lot of people don't know is that we actually uh, started as a, an Irish festival. In 2005, um, uh, uh, that very famous uh, ship came into Port Jeff Harbor, the Black Friday um, ship. And and this other gentleman uh, had put on a festival and, you know, the Irish Irish community showed up thousands to see this ship crying and, you know, it was an emotional... The next year he wanted to do it again, but the ship wasn't coming in. And uh, he tried it again and it didn't work out. Um, so he came to us and said, you want to do an Irish festival? So I didn't want to do it uh, because I'm not Irish, first of all. And um, at my bailiwick. But um, so anyway, my partner wanted to do it. So we did it. And it turned out to be a really cool festival in Patchogue. And we had the biggest, you know, some of the biggest names and like the legends, the Makeums and the Strains and you know, cherish the ladies and, and black, uh, you know, just all of the great bands. And, uh, so, uh, and it worked out and then we parted company with this partner, uh, the next year. And, um, and I decided to turn our festival into an American music festival in 2007. So, and that's how it started. And at the time it was a small, you know, the band shell was the main stage and, uh, we had another, uh, an acoustic tent, uh, and location and um and then we had about two thousand people and um you know and then the next year um it grew and uh more people came we were only charging eight and ten dollars to get in uh and mm. the, you know the acts there was maybe 15 20 acts um and um and then it but or it grew up it grew organically we really did bring in you know the best of the players and um and um just started to grow organically, and then uh, there was a need to move it because too many people now. There, there was three; you couldn't fit three thousand people in that area in front of the band shell. So we built the stage on the other side, and uh, and that's mm-hmm. we used the ball field, and uh, and that's how that that went to that next step. And then we started to realize that you know if it rained, we were going to get killed because the acts that we were booking weren't big enough where people were buying tickets ahead of time. They were waiting to see if it was gotcha. nice out, and then they would come. And excuse me, too many times it rained, and we got killed. And so um, we realized we had to um, get acts that people were going to buy tickets as soon as they went on sale. And that's when the first year is as the first year we bought in the Doobie Brothers. 
And uh, so, and that nice. was the first year for that. And now we were doing 5,000 people and 6,000 people. And then, um, and it just, we started adding from there. The stages got bigger and uh, the vendors, more vendors and just everything just started to grow. And then uh, we became a union stage because now we were using those acts. And sure. It's, uh, you know, so that's, that's basically how we, but it was really organic. And, uh, I, I, you know, I always wanted to stick it, stick in the Martin Sexton's and the Odettas and the Carolina chocolate drops and the, you know, those bands to lay, cause I knew most people hadn't heard them. And, um, sure. and I just wanted to lay this music on everybody. Odetta, I was really worried. I didn't think anybody, you know, knew who she was or was going to get excited. And mm. I was truly excited to go into that tent. And it was packed. And Joe nice. Rock and I of BAB lifted her in her wheelchair onto the stage and she got a standing ovation. Really? And it was very emotional. It was really, I was proud of Long Island, proud of, you know, it was a, it was a great day. And um, so. What, what, a, what, a, what a great, yeah. I'm jumping on your words. I'm sorry. What a, what a great moment. You know, what's interesting is it's almost like a retail mall. You bring in the anchor acts to get that draw and you, and you fill it with, with the boutique acts, I'll, I'll call them boutique yeah. acts, uh, no disrespect what whatsoever into it. But I got to ask you this, if you're uh, to, so Patchogue is the backdrop for this. Patchogue has grown. I'm telling you in the past 10 years to be quite the music Mecca uh, in Suffolk County, as far as number of bars and venues that do it, you must've had a lot of coordination or, or, um, uh, working with the politicians and, and the townspeople to, to pull this off because I could see some towns going, uh, it's going to be great uh, bringing in some dough, but no thanks with what comes with it. So um, do you want to touch on that, how, how that worked for you? Were there any real heartaches or, or at all, or has it run fairly smoothly for you? And you're 100% right. When When politics is with you, it's like, a wave taking you, you know, the wave takes you and everything is a lot easier when it's against you. And I experienced that at Brookhaven Amphitheater when the administration changed, you know, when I first got there, it was with me and we, you know, we were great. We went from no shows before I was there to 15 shows, BB King Blues Festival, Alice Cooper and Cheap Trick. We were bringing in tons of shows and then the administration changed who hated the last administration and they cut my budget in half and, you know, and they just, you know, they destroyed the place, basically. Um, so, yeah. you know, now the politics was going the other way. And um, so Patchogue, we were supposed to go to Riverhead. And um, okay, because that's where the Blues Festival was. And we were supposed to go to Riverhead. And uh, we went there and we had meetings with them. And the, and the, the, um, the organizations were really cool. What was not cool were the politicians and the, um, hmm. the local um, bar owners. Who seemed to really, who oh, okay. seemed to really run the village, and um, they just were making it so hard for us. They wanted to put a bar next to the stage and just silly stuff. And we were like, "Come on, guys! It's a free festival." At that time, it was going to be a free festival. We were going to make our money on selling beer and and vendors and yeah. things like that. And because um, you couldn't really charge to get into the blues festival, those people can come in from every block. So um, you know, and they just made it so hard that we. Patchogue called, and this is the, the advantage of a great village with everybody on the same right. page that really care about their village. And um, 
And uh, Paul Ponteri called me, the mayor, and said, look, you know, we hear you're looking for a location. We'd love you to come here. And I said, well, you know, we're kind of working with uh, Riverhead. And, um, and he said, okay, you know, and then Riverhead just kept being more difficult. And now we only have five right. months left or four months left. And we had the bands oh, wow. were ready to go. And, um, and then so uh, I called Paul and I just said, you know, let's have a meeting. And um, what happened was we had a, it was a huge blizzard. Paul called me up and he said, um, he called me up on Friday. I think the, the meeting was on Monday or something like that. Or, and he said, Jim, the biggest uh -huh. blizzard in, in history is coming and we have to cancel our, you know. Um, and I said, and it was just at that point where Riverhead was going to give us the permits. And they settled into oh, some geez. other, you know, they kind of started to go along with. And um, and I I said, Paul, I said, you know, you know, Riverhead is ready to give us the permits. And he said, we're going to be there. He said, come and have the meeting with us. So I called Riverhead and I said, look, I'm not going to sit with, you know, I'm not going to do this yet. Uh, we have another opportunity. We, we have to check it out. We went to Patchog in that blizzard and it really was. The airports were shut down. Nobody was on the road. Right. It was, I mean, everybody was there in like huge, you know, four wheel drives and, and their whole board was in that room, you know, and the whole world was shut down. And, um, and I just said, you know what, these are the kind of people that I want to be with. And, uh, and they were great, you know, they were. And you got a good partner. Yeah, and, yeah. and they've been great, you know, for 15 years. They've been great. And especially oh, Paul, wow. you know, Paul, um, Paul Ponteri, Mayor Ponteri is just a very special kind of guy. You know, he's a, he's not political. He, he wasn't a politician. You know, he's a teacher. And um, and he's just, nice. you know, right down the middle. And whatever's good for the village is what's good for the village. Yeah. It, if I think of it just on a, on a general thing. You know, people coming to Patchogue that would never come to Patchogue. And, you know, and Patchogue has gotten so built up. And it's it's like I look at Farmingdale, Huntington, Patchogue as really lively places uh, that people gather, you know. And, uh, you know, there's and it's diverse. You know, there's a lot of things going on. Um, we were at Barbecue uh, a couple of Sundays ago, and uh, it was great. And, you know, we were... You know, we take the train. If we're having a couple of cocktails, I live in Babylon. You know, our rule is take the train and just train it back and Uber or, you know, vice versa. And and that's key. But the other thing I have to say, they have to have a lot of trust in you because you got to make this thing run. you got to provide security. You've got to keep people flow. I can't even imagine. It must be like trying to command an army to pull this thing off. Not, and that's just not even dealing with the artists, just everything to get the artists up there to play their songs and move on to the next thing. So uh, kudos to you for pulling it off for so It's money. interesting because, you know, at this point we have our pre-production meetings. And this year we wanted to have more because they ripped up the whole shorefront in Patchogue and they're redoing it. So we've had more okay. meetings and hopefully and it'll be done by the time the festival or at least a good portion of it so that we can have Right, right. But um, that's a whole other story. Um, but at this point we sit with, you know, the EMTs and we sit with the cops and we sit with Suffolk County and we sit with Patchogue Village and we sit with, you know, uh, head of parks and we sit with everybody and they're kind of like, we got this, you know, like they all already, really? yeah. They're, and they're kind of proud that they got it, you know, that, that we have a, a way of doing this and, and they're really so cool, you know, from the cops to the parks department, um, Maria from parks is just an, an amazing uh, person and they're, they're helpful and, and everybody gets along and it's 
the meetings are a pleasure. I mean, when we get together to plan this, they get so everybody's cool and every you know they just know they know what time this is going to happen, what streets to shut down, and and how they're going to approach this. Nice. And you know, this year is going to be a little bit different because they they've upended the show front, so everything's going to look a little bit different. It's going to be beautiful. Uh, they they put a lot of money into the show front. Uh, That's great. You know, it all starts from the head. You know, when you start with a good attitude, realize people are there to have a good time. Yeah, will there be knuckleheads? Sure. Uh, that's that's uh, you just have to know how to deal with knuckleheads. Yeah. And uh, as my wife says, you know, I think she said that in my vows. You know, I'm dealing with a knucklehead for 30 years. Uh, and you can and you can. I'm sorry. You know, why I always throw that in. I throw that in to see if my wife is actually listening to the podcast, and she doesn't. So no. <laughs> Hey, let's do this. Let's take one more break. And I got a few more questions for you, Jim. I really appreciate the time. I'm so excited about this festival, especially after quarantine and COVID and all that crap. Uh, There's got to be a backlog. Oh, before I go to a break, I do want to mention that uh, you have like free Fridays or something, right? No, um, no fees or something for general admission that's going on. We didn't do it last year, but for about 10 years, we did a no fee uh, fourth. And uh, okay. So, and that's what we do. And uh, so we, we just kicked it in again, starting tomorrow. You can go online and buy tickets and no fees, which will save you like 18% of the cost. And nice. uh, yeah, which is very cool. It'll go till the seventh and then uh, it'll end at 11:59. Okay. Way. So that puts, that puts pressure on me to get this podcast out so we can get the word out uh, for people to, you know, take the inertia out of their way and, you know, come to a great festival. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, It's been great talking to James Faith, and we'll be right back with him. Hang on uh, to us, everybody. We'll be right back. Calling all music enthusiasts. Long Island is a wellspring of talent, and the Long Island Sound Podcast is here to celebrate its vibrant music scene. Tune in to discover the stories behind Long Island's incredible musicians their creative process, and the iconic venues that make the music come live. Hey, everybody. We're back with producer extraordinaire, James Faith. James, so great to have you here and talk about this festival. And and I just want to put a plug in again for the Long Island Music Hall of Fame. It's in Stony Brook. You have relatives coming in, people coming in from the city. You need something to do on an afternoon from Wednesday through Sunday, uh, noon onto five or six, go see that. If you've ever been in the clubs back in the day, you'll see some great exhibits, some great memorabilia, and you'll be blown away as I was as far as, I mean, I don't believe how much talent, both on the entertainment comedians, Eddie Money, Joan Jett, Billy Joel, obviously. It goes on, the list goes on and on. I think you have like 120 inductees. Uh, it's just amazing. Um, and it's, uh, it says something about our Long Island community and uh, how music's produced here. So, And part of producing the music is exposing the music and getting it out to new listeners. And I, I commend you, uh, James, on, on what you're doing for Long Island and getting uh, some of the uh, up-and-coming acts, uh, the exposure that they really, man, they must thank you for, for absolutely. But i got to ask you this because I talked to many of my guests about the effect that the quarantine had. So how did, how did it affect you and your well, business? It started off, interestingly enough, um, I was at a convention, um, of one of the larger music industry conventions and, uh, in California, 
a few months before it started, actually just, just a month before it started. And it was the most exciting. Mm. We had the best lineup and everybody was like, this is going to be great. Every agent, manager, you know, everybody. And it was pure manager, agent, venue owners. It was just industry people. And they were talking about how this was going to be the best year and blah, blah, blah. And, um, and when I got home, as soon as I was playing, I went home a week later, the world shut down. And um, which was really crazy. Um, and I mean, mm. it, it shut down overnight and certain bands, I mean, you know, you talk about the, um, the stress on certain, I mean, because everybody was affected. It's, it's turned my industry upside down from how, you, right. you know, media to the ticket prices, to artist prices, to, um, uh, you know, just the, everything, you know, every single thing that I have to deal with uh, is more money right now. And um, including, as I said, the artists. And um, it just, um, it, we had to cancel three times. And we canceled once in 2020. Uh, and my wife's a nurse. Um, and, you know, okay. yeah, oh, so, we, you know, we had to stay in separate rooms and, you know, the whole deal and for a whole year. And, um, and then the next year came and it started to get better. And people started to go out. And uh, I know that the, my, um, other other promoters started to have their live nation started to have open in certain areas and then um, so by July we thought it was going to be okay and then I felt uncomfortable by July and um, and sure enough I sat with the mayor and we both agreed that you know putting 5,000 people in, in a crowd is probably not a good idea and uh, so, right. and sure enough and we said well, we'll move it to October so that's what we did so we can't we were Schedule out and moved it to October. Thank God for Tedeschi Trucks Band and all of the, our artists. Almost every single artist moved with us. Um, and then we moved to October, oh, wow. and they again, you know, we lost one or two, but then they all, they all pretty much all came with us. And um, and then as we got closer to October, because it was nicer in August, I guess, and, and then it right. went the other way again. And, uh, and I just said, you know what? I just. I feel uncomfortable. I just, I'm not going to be the reason people die, you know? And, uh, so, yeah, um, absolutely. you know, but other people were having it. I mean, you know, there were, there were concerts happening everywhere and festivals and everything else, but we didn't. So we waited till last year and, uh, last year, um, you know, we had it, but people were still, um, you know, uh, they were still hesitant about coming out. Vendors were hesitant. Right. You know, they do that for a living. So being in the crowds every day, you know, a couple of days a week, you know, for their livelihood was um, was hard for them. And, and they just, I guess they figured they would just wait out one more year. Uh, sponsors went away. Um, you know, we mm. had less people than we should have had for that lineup. Um, and um, so it's... You know, some of the bands, I mean, you think of a band um, at the level of a Tedeschi Trucks who got stuck in Europe when this happened, you know, with tractor trailers right. full of equipment and a whole bunch of people on the road and hotels booked and, you know, and and we had never been here before, you know, and, you right. know, agents and agents were just constantly moving their act. Okay, we're going to reschedule moving here and they don't get paid until after the gig is played. So they're moving their act constantly, and then somebody gets COVID in the band, and then all of a sudden, the, the insanity that went on—that's still going on, really. In a lot of cases, it's still going on. Yeah, I heard. I heard a story that I think the Who decided they're not 
going to um, play in America because of, you know, the uh, impact of insurance costs for these shows. You know, you, you think think about that safety net of, all right, we're going to have insurance in case, I would assume, in case the drummer gets COVID or anything, you know, anything that stops them from doing the show, people lose money and people want to get that money some way. Insurance so. companies got on this immediately. You know, when, you know, if you're an insurance company, they, <laughs> they figured it out really fast. You're not going to be, they're not going to cover pandemic anymore. And that's it. Right. You know, so. Right. You know, you can take out um, cancellation uh, insurance. It can't be because of pandemic. It can be because um, of weather. You know, it could be. It could be. Right. It can't be because of ticket sales. Um, it can. You know, they, they have it figured out. It's got to be a solid excuse. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, so it's it's rough. It's rough. So now, so now that we've turned the corner, you, you've got to be pretty much stoked up because. I'm telling you, you've, you've got to, I, I would think the feeling is people have that pent up. I, I want to go out and celebrate life because uh, life's too short, right? And go out. So I, I hope things are, are moving in the right. I assume they're moving in the right direction because I get that general feel of seeing more crowds going to outside venues and, and that pent up demand, I believe, is, is coming back. But I'm going to ask you this question. I just came from Europe. I'm, I've never been on Long Island before. If you were talking to somebody and they say, "What do what would I expect from this festival that you run, James? What what should I do?" Um, just as an overall question, what? what... Yeah, like what's the experience going to be? Are there food vendors there? We'll be able to have a beer. You know, how do I get there? Do I bring my car? Should I take mass transit? Yeah. You know, is it a hassle to get to to the shoreline? Do I come by boat? I I don't know. Don't 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 come by Please, boat. Don't, don't. We're getting a lot more parking out in the bay now. It's, uh, you know, yeah, there's great food vendors, and every year they get better. You know, everything from lobster rolls to uh, oysters and, you know, and, and healthy healthy uh, fare and funky fare. And um, so there's there's a lot of cool food vendors. There's, um, there's arts and crafts vendors. There's some really good artisans. Um, there's four stages. Uh, we have a children's uh, okay. children's tent with educational on Saturday and Sunday uh, acts. Day. Oh, nice. And um, we get a lot of families and a lot of, and, and that's the other thing, you know, I always modeled it after uh, growing up in the city, Central Park, you know, on a Sunday concert, okay. I would go to the band shell in Central Park and just lay there. Everybody be on their blankets and, you know, all kinds of people and, and, you know, and kids, which you don't see at festivals and concerts, you know, I wanted mm. it to be for families and for kids. And you, there's a lot of pictures online of the uh, a lot of images of, of families at the festival. The kids have headphones on, so the the uh, the loudness doesn't not overpowered. Yeah, and um, so it's a family music festival. You're going to hear all kinds of music, all kinds of music from ska to you know to folk to um, to reggae to every everything, um, and um, jazz and blues and rock. And so um, that's and that's intentional um i try to slip in whatever i can slip in um and sure. you're gonna hear a lot of um headliners legends you know uh, phil lesh is rock royalty coming to patch uh dave mason right. and so are you know many other people and uh and you'll hear great emerging artists and there's not a lot of spots you know for the local bands so we really do try to pick the bands that are serious and uh have something to offer and that people will 
you know, we don't just put bands on just because, uh, you know, because they, they, they called us up first. That's got to be the, uh, I would think you get bombarded from your relationships, you know, and, and you have to make business decisions. Would be, if I put myself in your shoes to say, okay, is, is this person going to draw? Is it popular? Is it going to be beneficial? Is it going to marry up to the other acts that I have on that particular day? And I'm sure you have to say no a lot. And that's uh, not easy to do always, uh, you know, for people who are looking to get exposure. So, um, yeah, it's got to be uh, – it'd be interesting to be in your shoes. James, I really want to thank you for giving the opportunity. I know it's weeks before the festival. You're doing a thousand things and juggling a lot. So it really means a lot to me that you took the time to do this. I am going to put together a Spotify playlist of the different acts on the Long Island Sound slash uh, Great South Bay so uh, we can have a primer for uh, people to listen to music of what they're going to be exposed to based on the acts, and hopefully that's a good lead-in. But uh, I'm going to encourage everybody, get your tickets now. I'm getting, I'm getting my tickets tomorrow. Uh, my wife agreed that I, I'm allowed to go. So maybe I'll bring uh, the kids. Nah, my kids are too old. Okay. They buy their own tickets. <laughs> Great to have you. I look forward to talking to you again and seeing you again in person, James. Thanks for your time today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. I appreciate the time you spent with us. Please subscribe and comment and visit us at gigdestiny.com. Till next time, be generous with your joy, keep your spirits high, and let the music take you on a journey. Be well. Peace. Peace.